Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. G'day legends, how you doing? Welcome back to another episode of the best bloody podcast going around, Potty Magic. I'm your host, Jared Madger, and uh, again, thank you so much for all the uh, regular listeners, uh, subscribers, uh, and um, yeah, just people that have been following along of the uh, Potty Magic journey thus far, and I've been loving all the feedback and really do appreciate you tuning in uh, each and every week. The episode today... So for, I, I, this is one of my most enjoy, like enjoyable episodes that I've ever sat down and done with someone. I was joined by Amanda Bisk. So um, Amanda, me and Amanda know each other from doing a little bit of coaching at uh, Vitruvian, which you might have seen on um, some of my socials, is an um, exercise equipment company that I do a little bit of coaching with and uh, me and Amanda bump into each other probably about once a month doing some coaching and stuff there. Um, and uh, I love chatting with Amanda because she's a really big name in uh, the health and fitness world in Perth, but also Australia, worldwide, everything. She's a former Commonwealth Games uh, pole vaulter uh, participant in uh, the 2010 Commonwealth Games in India that she went to. And I always love getting advice from Amanda because obviously we're in the same sort of space. She's been around it quite a long time. She's got a very, very uh, successful online business and I love just getting all these little nuggets of advice from her uh, when, when, when I see her and she's always a great wealth of knowledge. But I didn't actually know Amanda's backstory all that well and after doing this chat, I fucking like her even more. It's just such a good story of... If one way doesn't work out, try the next thing, try the next thing, try the next thing. And what looking after your health and your body can really lead to when, um, you know, maybe the path that you thought you were going to be on at one point, it might not be the path that you end on later. And that's okay because everything's going to be okay. So it was a really great story. I really love this chat. Uh, Really thank you and appreciative uh, to Amanda for coming down and doing it with me uh, and uh, sharing her experience and stories. But uh, bloody love your work. Can't wait to get into this chat with Amanda. Uh, please, as always, subscribe, uh, like, and most importantly, rate the episode. A big five stars. It literally takes two seconds and it goes a massive long way for um, getting Potty Magic up in the charts and then also getting more uh, guests on each and every week as well. So if you wouldn't mind, click the big five stars. Really mean a lot. Bloody, let's get into it. Here we go with Amanda. Welcome back to another episode of Potty Magic. Uh, I have got uh, a fantastic guest with me today. I can't wait to get into uh, all of your stuff uh, today, Amanda. She represented Australia at the 2010 Commonwealth Games for pole vaulting, which is just the most fucking mental sport ever, and I can't wait to hear all about that. I uh, got over 600,000 Instagram followers and has built a very, very successful online uh, fitness business. Uh, please welcome Amanda Biss. Thank you for joining me. Thanks, Jared. That yes. Such a nice introduction. <laughs> so good. So good. Well, it's a very impressive resume. Like when, uh, so how me and Amanda know each other is through uh, doing some coaching uh, with Vitruvian, which is a brand that we work with. And on the shoot days, we kind of, we're sitting at the side, we're having a chat yeah. and, um, you know, always get to know you a little bit more every time. But then when I was actually looking into all your you know, your career and your, your athletics career and everything. It's really interesting. Oh, thanks. Yeah. yeah it almost feels like, um, it's a like whole nother side of my life. Yeah. Like I, 
I don't know, when people go, oh my gosh, I didn't even know you were like an athlete. I was like, oh yeah, I kind of did that back in the day. It just feels like so long ago now. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it definitely was like a huge part of my life. Yeah, yeah. most definitely. So um, yeah, and, and now you've obviously got this fantastic success, successful business that uh, we're going to go into. Um, and I uh, want to know, you know, some of your tips maybe for people out there that ask me often, you know, how to start up a, um, an online business and particularly in sort of the fitness realm. And uh, we might get your thoughts on that as well. But I reckon let's go right back to the very start because I want to hear the whole story. Okay. So um, tell me what it was like for you growing up. Where did you grow up in Perth? Tell me about your family, all that sort of stuff. Yeah. Um, so growing up, I was a really active kid, as you could probably tell. Yeah. Um, my dad got me into sports super, super early. So I was like two and a half or three. Um, and he just put me in gymnastics. And I yeah. think that was pretty much because I was really annoying and had too much energy. And he was just like, go wow. and get rid of that energy. And how, how young were you when you started? Because usually it's pretty young for um, gymnastics. Yeah, eh? yeah. So I was like two and a half, three. I think I was actually two and a half and I wasn't even allowed to go into that class until wow. I was like four. But my yeah. dad like pretty much forced them to take me. Yeah. But um, yeah, so that's still pretty young. Like most gymnasts start at like five or six. So. And were you doing things that he was like, you're going to be a gymnast? Because you, were you tumbling oh, yeah. around and oh, you're on the monkey yeah. bars and like all that sort of thing? Like jumping on the couch, like hanging off the clothesline, all of that kind of stuff. So he probably just wanted to keep me safe as well. Totally. And do it somewhere that... Yeah, people could look after me. So yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then um, uh, from uh, gymnastics, when did it then progress into uh, athletics and and the love for that? How did yeah. that all start? Um, so it's actually funny because a lot of people ask me, "Did you do like little A's or something?" Mm. And I actually never did little A's. Um, I just did a whole variety of sport during school. Yeah. So and was your mum and dad pretty sporty? No, it's actually really funny. So mum never did sport when she was younger. Yeah. Um, she grew up in Poland. So yeah. That's very, on my list to talk yeah. about. Yeah, yeah. Here we go. <laughs> it's, uh, very old school, very traditional. So like not a lot of girls really did sport. And if they did anything active, it'd be like skipping in the schoolyard or whatever. So mum never did any structured sport. She also came from like a pretty big family. So five brothers and a sister. So wow. Um, her mum and dad didn't have a lot of money, so they couldn't really put her into any organised activity. So when did they yeah. move here? How old was she? Um, so mum moved she... here with dad. Yeah. Um, oh, really? So wow. Yeah, yeah. They moved here like for be like forty years ago now. Yeah. And then they had me here. Wow. So both mum and dad are quite like thick Polish accents. Like, Wicked. I love yeah, that. Yeah. A lot of people are like, can they speak English? I'm like, yeah. <laughs> it's just like really thick. Can your mum so. cook? Yeah, oh my yeah, gosh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What does yeah. she cook? Tell me. Oh my God. So my favorite food that she cooks is pierogi. Yeah, yeah. they're like the little Polish dumplings. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and the Platskis. That's what oh, my nana used to make. Yeah. Oh, don't get me started on oh the Platskis. They, were the, they were the shit. I know. It's so good that I don't live there anymore because, oh my God, I would... Yeah. <laughs> yeah <laughs> Definitely yeah. be eating my heart out. <laughs> yeah, love that. Yeah. And then, um, uh, again, the journey into... Um, Oh, the doors just opened there. That was weird. <laughs> we'll continue on. Polish uh, relatives. Yeah, I know. Actual, actual. Uh, and, uh, and then how did everything uh, come about with you getting into athletics? Sorry. Okay, so... Back to um, that. Yeah, yeah. So at school, I kind of did like every sport. I was doing swimming. I was like in the jump rope team. Yeah. I did like soccer, cricket, everything. And um, I kind of found out that I was, like, naturally quite good at athletics. Yeah. Um, even though I'd done gymnastics. I'm sure that gymnastics maybe, like, helped that. Yeah, though. I think so. So a lot of people are like, oh, gymnastics, like, stunts your growth. And then, like, you know, you're always going to be small. And not a lot of people would think gymnastics into athletics. Yeah. But I was definitely very tall for my age. Um, and gym helped me so much with, like, coordination and just body awareness. I think that helped a lot. Um, when I moved into primary school and eventually high school and being on the athletics team. Um, and I just think having that, yeah, body awareness helped. Um, and obviously the springiness. Because it's like very much like when you first start to uh, teach really anybody uh, to get into the gym or moves or sort of fitness, it's often using your own body, like, you know, yeah. squats and crawls and yeah. pull-ups and push-ups, all that sort of thing. So I'm sure there was so much stuff that, you know, translated into you being a little bit more advanced than yeah. everybody else because you had that sort of background. Yeah, 100%. Um, I, there, there was a point where I was teaching high school kids for a little while, like athletics, and I could definitely tell the kids who got into like coordination sports early, yeah. like gymnasts or dancers and stuff like that because they just have 
so much more body awareness. Yeah. And you can definitely see that um, as they progress and find other sports. So. Yeah. And do you reckon you're like you were uh, – because you know how there's – you look at some people that are in sports and you go, oh, wow, so talented and, like, you're just born to do that. Do you reckon you sort of really had the, the talented, you know, physique in terms of being able to um, – you know, do all the athletic sports at that really high level early on? Um, yeah. Or was it more hard work and do you reckon it was getting into it earlier rather? I think it's a bit of a combination of both. Yeah. But I will say like ever since I was a child, I was very obsessive. So if I liked something, I would just want to do it all the time. So mm. something like gymnastics was really good because it's a perfection sport. You're aiming for perfection and you can always be better. So um, I was just obsessed with it, would train all the time, would come home from training then train at home. Like it was crazy. Um, so I think I just have that kind of personality where I don't mind working hard. Yep. So, yeah. Well, I've seen you with Vitruvian <laughs> stuff. Uh, if anybody sees uh, Amanda's videos, they are perfect. Everything about them is very perfect. There's not a slip up. If it is, do it again. It's so, it's, uh, it's bang on. Very right? technique driven. Very much <laughs> yeah. so. And, uh, you know, that, that's funny that you mentioned that because, yeah, that's definitely, you know, something that you still like today, which yeah. is great. And that's why, obviously, you've been so successful with everything that you've been able to do. Um, and um, your um, other events, did you do anything else, Mine pole vaulting or when did that start and uh, did you do any of the other track and field events leading up to that? Um, so yeah, when I was in year 12 at mm. high school. Uh, oh, was that late really? Yeah, oh, yeah. Right. So yeah, it was crazy. I really didn't get into it until yeah later on. Um, the West Australian Institute of Sport came yeah. through our school and they did like a whole bunch of talent testing um, and then I got identified. What school did you go to? I went to Lakelands. Okay, cool. Yeah, um, yeah so it came through our school and I got identified by high jump. And, um, yeah, just got put into a development squad with Wace, which was really cool. Wow. Um, and at the time, I was, like, absolutely stoked because growing up, I was just like, I'm going to be an Olympic gymnast, la, la, la. And yeah. then, obviously, I got to high school and I was really tall and I kind of wasn't at the level that I should have been to make any national team, let alone Olympics. Yeah. So when I kind of found high jump and athletics, I was like, this is awesome. Like, hell yeah. Then again, got obsessed with it, loved going down to the track. Um, and as I was training there, so I was on the state team for about two years for high jump. And I and kind of going from like not doing pole vaulting into going, oh yeah, we think you'd be really good at, at yeah. pole vaulting. What was that like for you? Were you kind of going what the hell, what a random one to pick me for? Or um, No, it actually wasn't because in school the jumps were always my best event. Yep. So long jump, triple jump, high jump, yep. and then things like hurdles, all the sprints and stuff. Like yep. if anyone knows me, I hate distance running. Yeah, so oh, me too. I'm the exact same. Do not, do <laughs> yeah. not get me on any distance. No way. So, yeah, definitely springy, jumpy stuff and sprints. Um, so when they kind of chose me for that, I was like, oh, yeah, like I get it. You know, because I was the high jumper at the school. Yep. So, yeah, yep. made sense. <laughs> Unreal. And then who was your first coach? My coach, uh, my first coach was Nanad Paiska. Mm -hmm. um, any Hale boys, they'll know Nanad. <laughs> yeah, is <laughs> he still still at Hale? Uh, I don't think he's there anymore. But um, anyone who did PE with him loves him. He's yeah. such an amazing man, like so incredible. And he did shape um, very much who I am today, just for his passion for the sport. Um yeah, so thank you, Nanette. <laughs> yeah, shout out. Yeah, yeah, shout out. Um, but yeah, when I was doing high jump, I kind of looked over to the other side of the stadium and all the pole vaulters were pole vaulting. And because at that time I was still doing gymnastics, I was about 17, 18. So doing high jump, doing gymnastics as well socially, um, I kind of missed like the gymnastic-y side of things as well. So I saw the pole vaulters and I was like, oh my gosh, that is so cool. Like, I want to try that. It's like high jump and what, gymnastics combined. Well, but when you look at it, who the fuck thought of that to start I off know, with? <laughs> Grab a stick and then get over the top of something. Like, I think high jumpers probably did because they yeah, were like, how yeah, do yeah. we get higher? Yeah. Use a stick. That's wild. Yeah, so then, and then, sorry, continue. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then, yeah. Yeah, so I went, um, well, I didn't go, but I asked Nanad and he knew the pole vault coach, Alex. Um, and I was like, please, I really want to try it. And he went to go talk to Alex and Alex was like, mm, she's a bit old. She's 18. So oh my God. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I know. I was like, damn. Yeah, shit. <laughs> um, but Nanad was like, no, no, no. She's like done gymnastics. She's coordinated. Like she'll pick it up. So he took me on for two weeks and we did like a little trial and yeah, ended up staying. So I got chosen. Thank God. Wow. Wow. <laughs> yeah. That is crazy. And this is crazy that happened just so late for you like yeah, that. And yeah. things just kind of fell into place. Talk and about feeling old at 18. Yeah, exactly. Well, I guess, but you probably had that with the gymnastic stuff as yeah, well. Like you're true. probably feeling, oh, cause really what's their peak? Like 
16. Yeah. It's and a stuff, lot really. older now, but yeah, yeah back, back, back in, the, in day. the day, like 16. Yeah. And now <laughs> I know absolutely nothing about the technical terms of pole vaulting. Okay. So I'd like to know a little bit. <laughs> yeah. So like, tell us what the, t- tell us a bit about it. Okay. And actually, what are you aiming for? What yeah. are you, you know, all that. Um, so there are like main phases of your jump. Um, so you've got your approach, obviously. So like the runway, same as like long jump. Um, you've got your plant. So kind of how you move the pole from carrying it to getting ready to put it in the box. Yep. So there's like a little metal box in the ground. Yep, yep, yep. Um, so that's like your plant phase. And you've got like your takeoff phase. So you want to take off, start to bend the pole. Then you've got your swing phase. So you swing, try and get upside down as much as you can and sit into the bend of the pole. And then you've got your kind of like propulsion or like elevation over the bar and the actual jump and then the landing on the Wow, <laughs> wow. it sounds oh so it's easy. It's very technical. But the, well, <laughs> yeah. well, that's right because like I think if you were say learning like, all right, to shoot a basketball, yep. and you go, okay, cool, Here's, this is how you do it and there's different phases. There's the ball hole, there's the follow through, whatever. With that, if you're trying to do half of the stuff you were just saying there, <laughs> you've got to be like in the air on the pole. How do you even like progress up to doing that? Yeah. Um, it's actually funny because most of the stuff happens at your takeoff. So you kind of know from your takeoff whether the jump is going to work or not. Right. So if you don't take off right, it is really hard to kind of fix it in the air because you're in the air, you've got nothing to work with. Um, so normally from takeoff phase, if you've taken off really well, you can kind of really work with it. And it, the top part really just happens on its own, which is weird. Wow. Because a lot of people are like, oh, it must be like so much effort. The effort is like the run and the takeoff and then everything else seems to just like happen. Wow. And when did you get selected for your first um, state team, national team, Australia team? Um, so my first state team would have been in 2008. Yep. Um, and then, yeah. And, and then, how long had you been competing for uh, at that point? I'm pretty sure it was like less than a year. Wow. Yeah. So um, I got into it pretty quick, but I guess because I'd been on the like high jump team as yep. well, I kind of got how it all went. Um, so I had a bit of an advantage. And then, yeah, that was kind of like my first state team. And then I got onto my first national team in 2009 when I went to World University Games in Serbia. Um, and that was kind of like, oh, like an epiphany for me where I was like, I think I can actually like take this to the next level and kind of achieve everything that I've been dreaming of. Um, and then, yeah, obviously the year after that went to Com Games, um, which was also, a, yeah, such a great experience as well. Unreal. And yeah. that was the 2010 Commonwealth Games yeah. in Delhi? In Delhi, yeah. Yeah, tell us about that. That was interesting. So, How did you get selected from that? That was just off the back of that last tournament that you were talking yeah, about? Yeah, so World Uni Games helped a lot. Yeah. Um, obviously being on – an like a national team helps. Um, so in WA, it's actually like the pole vault hub of Australia. So most of because Steve, Steve Hooker is from WA yeah, as well. Yeah. Hey? So he was my training partner. Wow, as well the wow, wow. Which was awesome. Yeah, such a great training partner to have as well and so inspiring. Yeah. So, yeah, but um, so you're pretty much training around your competition all the time. Yeah. So you kind of know where you're sitting. And like even for us, like we would compete at state champs or a weekend comp. So like at a Friday night comp. And all your main competitors are there. So you're just kind of like, okay, I know where I sit. I'm going to say it raises your level of ability yeah. as well, doesn't yeah. it? And I think that was like really smart with like our coach, Alex. It was really good that he'd kind of built that environment for us because, yeah, we literally had like world class competition every single weekend, which mm-hmm. is what you want. So, yeah. So you, I, I kind of knew like with Com Games, I was battling for spots with three other girls. How many people typically are picked? Um, so they normally pick two. Yep. Um, and then they'll have like a reserve that probably won't travel, just depends. Yep. Um, that is wild to think that really only two people in the whole country get yeah. picked for that. That yeah. is crazy, isn't it? This year, uh, the year that we did New Delhi, we actually had three, which yeah. was really good. And the other two girls were my t- like teammates yeah. who I train with. So yeah, it was a great experience to have them like really close as well. Um, you kind of don't feel as alone going to competitions. Totally. We always try and like help each other out as well. Um, so yeah, at the time, like I kind of knew, hey, I'm, t- I'm in the mix, I'm in the mix. And then going through states and nationals, I had done really well. Um, I think I won states and I came second at nationals. Um, so I was kind of like, yeah, I'm like the f- one of the first two choices, surely. And um, you kind of have like meetings with like selectors and stuff as you go through the season and they kind of tell you this is what you need to jump. So by the time we got to Com Games, I was like confident that I was going to get selected. 
Legends, quick little break in the podcast. Just to let you know, I have got my next 12-week challenge starting on March the 20th. I'm so excited to get into this uh, 12-week challenge. It's my second one for the year. And maybe if you're someone that, you know, you, you had these good intentions for New Year's and uh, you, your New Year, New You sort of uh, resolutions, if they haven't maybe quite gone to plan or uh, you're not quite in the routine that you thought that you'd be in uh, this time of the year, this is the challenge for you because I'm going to give you all the workout program structure that you're going to need to succeed regardless of your goal. If you want to train at the gym, at home, if you want to lose weight, if you want to gain muscle, I've got a program for you. Everything can be customized for you as well. I'm going to give you a full list of heaps of different recipes to cook. I work out a calorie and protein target that's individual to everybody that you can follow and uh, like I said design a custom meal plan uh, for yourself with heaps of different recipes that are on there and most importantly me or another body mag- body magic body magic a body magic coach is going to check in with you each week uh, to keep you accountable answer any questions and be just supportive and guide you all throughout the 12-week program to not just get a great result after the 12 weeks but to continue it on and make sure that you're keeping all these good positive habits all the way through well and truly past the challenge so If this is something that you think you'd be interested in, I would love to have you as part uh, of the challenge. If you're listening to the podcast this week, I've actually got an early bird special. It's only going to cost you $25 a week uh, for anybody that's signing up. But for this week only, you're actually going to get the full first week free uh, as an early bird offer. So if you head to www.bodymagic.fit, Sign on up there, the 12-week challenge, 25 bucks a week. There's very limited spots. I'd love to have you as part of it. Um, And let's get fucking shredded. Let's get fit. Let's get feeling bloody sexy this March. And anyway, back to the podcast. Let's go. Make sure you go sign on up. What's the height that you were jumping at at that point? Um, So 440 was my PB. 440, wow. Yeah. And then at... Games, I ended up jumping 420, but I had the worst like preparation. Everyone always asked me, like, how was it like competing there? And I was like, honestly, I was just so thankful I was there because I was injured um, like six weeks leading into it and I got injured twice. So, I what injured, did you do? So, I injured my foot um, the first time. It was like this inflammation that literally prevented me from running, so I couldn't run at all. Yeah. So six weeks leading into the games, couldn't use my legs. I just had to do upper body stuff, so a lot of like upper body upside-down drills and strength and all of that. Um, and then once my foot healed, I ended up going to a competition in Italy because we were um, based in Europe at the time, in Germany. Um, and I kind of needed to get a competition or something under my belt before we went. So we went to Italy and I – this is actually a funny story. Yeah. So I competed. It was no good. So obviously my legs were just undertrained. Like everything was out. My poles were all wrong. Like my grips were wrong. It was just – yeah, didn't work out. And I imagine, like you were saying with the technique of it, you mess up one little bit and everything just falls over. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, so I did like one of my first competition jumps and I was on my third jump and I just felt so much pressure that I hadn't like cleared a height to get into the comp. And, um, yeah, I ended up taking off and my pole didn't go all the way through and I just fell into the box at oh. the bottom. So that's like, you know, four and a half metres down. But I'd fallen like onto my shoulder and my head had oh. fallen onto the buns. So my neck was totally like bent almost, um, severely winded myself. I remember getting up in the middle of the comp and I was just like crying and like oh. couldn't breathe. My coach didn't know what to do. So, yeah, that and was... Have, kind of- had you had an incident like that before that ever? No, no. I'd never fallen. I'd never snapped a pole. Never. I was a very lucky athlete up until that point. Yeah. Um, anyway, the next morning, I literally could not get out of bed. Oh. So my friend had to get me out of bed. Like I was just. It would have just been all the impact and the whiplash yeah, and everything. Yeah. yeah. I had I had like whole bruise, sternum, rib cage, like everything, and just like everything was swollen, and I just could not move. And I was like, well, this is great. Great timing. Yeah, sweet. So this was like probably four weeks leading into Com Games. And I was just like, I don't even know what to do here. So, yeah, ended up going back to Germany where we were based and thankfully, like, did enough rehab to semi feel okay coming into the athlete's village. So yep. you go into the village about a week before you compete. Yeah. And that was actually the first time I jumped after that injury. Wow. So for that, I don't know. Three weeks, I didn't do any jumping at all, couldn't. Yep. I was just still swollen and still so injured. Um, so when we got into the village, ended up jumping, thank God, and then competition, you know, like five days later. So it yep. wasn't the best preparation. Totally, and yeah. sport's cruel like that. Like yeah. all it takes is one injury or incident like that, and that just completely throws your whole prep that you were probably yep. 
you know, it was probably two or three years out that was, yeah. you know, building up all towards that moment. That fucking sucks. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Tell me about it. I was just so thankful my coach didn't get rid of me because obviously yeah. we had like quite a lot of depth in our squad. So he could have easily been like, oh, well, I'll just get, get the next girl who's in line. Like, you yeah, know. yeah, yeah. So I'm just so thankful he had faith in me. And um, I guess he had been through like similar situations where he'd been injured and kind of come back just in time for comps. So. I mean, that's, I think that's like the battle of the athlete. Mm. You're always like fighting timing of injuries. So most athletes are like coming back from injury into a comp or they're actually like fighting an injury during comp. It's very rare that you're actually feeling good. Yeah, like. I know. Oh, if you have a good comp, you know. Yeah, <laughs> like yeah. It's amazing, but yeah, very rare. And who ended up winning? Uh, so it was Alana Boyd, my teammate. Great. Yeah, which was great for us. I was just so happy. But it would have been way better if it was you. Um, <laughs> you know, I'm not going to lie. But, <laughs> but no, honestly, I was just so thankful. Um, in the end, I ended up jumping the third highest height, but I came sixth in, in um, count back. Yep. So brutal. But uh, yeah, it's all right. For, for the preparation I had, like, I remember walking into the stadium and I was just like, I am just going to soak this up. I don't even care what I jump, even if I know height, whatever it is. I'm just going to soak up, like, the arena, the vibe, just being here in an Australian kit, like, that's all that matters. And then, yeah, ended up jumping 420. So that's, like, 20 centimetres below my PB, which is okay. Considering you didn't have the prep that you would have liked, pretty amazing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And the winning height was 440, so I was just like, oh, You're joking. (laughs) (laughs) If I just jumped 440. God damn. (laughs) And... And, like, that, that's such an, a common thing that when I've spoken to people about, you know, if they played in, like, grand finals or big games or, you know, and a, and a Commonwealth Games, that the first time you go, it's just like a shock to the system. Yeah. And like you said, you're trying to soak all the stuff yeah. up and just enjoy yourself. And yeah. then you've actually got to go out and perform as well. Yeah, and it often takes sort of you got to lose one to win one kind of thing. Yeah. Um, so then from Commonwealth Games, obviously you were thinking, I'm going to get back on this stage and, and that was the goal. Tell me a little bit about what happened um, post-Commonwealth Games. Yeah, so coming back from Commonwealth Games, we had time off, which was amazing because we normally don't get a lot of time off. So we got two weeks off, which I think was the most amount of time I've ever had off sport in my life. Yeah. Um, so it was great. And you would have just been itching to go back. If I, if I have a week off doing my regular stuff, I'd feel like shit. Yeah, so. yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, so we had two weeks off and then started coming back to training and I just started to notice that I wasn't – feeling right like and I was just kind of like it's probably just getting back from a holiday you know I haven't done anything for two weeks whatever and then months and months had gone past and I still didn't feel right started to feel really tired really lethargic really unmotivated um started getting like really puffy especially like waking up like in my face my eyes were like honestly like golf balls crazy um So, yeah, it got to the point where I was like, this is really odd. I need to go see, like, a doctor and just see what's going on. They can check my bloods, whatever. And they kind of did a lot of blood tests, other tests. I did, like, a kidney test, all of that. And everything had come back, like, semi-clear. Like, maybe I was, like, low in iron here or there, but I always was. Nothing, like, out of the ordinary. Um, So they really couldn't tell me what was wrong. And I was like, I'm still not feeling well. Like, what do I do? And then spoke to my coach. We started, like, decreasing my training load Mm. so I was probably yeah maybe started off 70% uh of a training load then 50% of the training load and it still wasn't getting better and I was like I'm training half the amount everyone else is and I still feel like shit like I don't know what to do and then yeah still was going through these tests like seeing so many different doctors um and then eventually uh they diagnosed me with chronic fatigue um there is no like specific test for it but they pretty much tell you oh, these are all the symptoms you have, this is, like, looks like chronic fatigue. Yep. Um, so it was really devastating at the time. I didn't really... And how old were you at that point? So I was 24. Yep. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, at the time, I was just like, I don't even know what chronic fatigue is. <laughs> like, you're just really tired or mm. something, right? Um, so, yeah, started to just do a little bit more reading about it and read about people's stories and, like, honestly, some people who couldn't get out of bed, couldn't walk couldn't do anything because they were so exhausted and and and, you know hearing some of their stories and how they felt I kind of really connected to that and went yeah okay I need to do something about this because I don't want to get to the point where I'm like I can't get out of bed for a week um so it was really difficult at the time um but I ended up retiring 
which I didn't know at the time. Mm. Um, and what drove that was pretty much I went to the doctors and she had prescribed me antidepressants and I was like, oh, I don't know if I want to do this. I don't know if I want to go down this route. Um, yeah, as you know, antidepressants can sometimes be a really slippery slope and you get onto higher dosages and then it's really hard to come off it. And I was like, I, I don't take any medication, so doing this I don't think I can do. Um, and I remember just standing there at home with the antidepressants and I was like, nah, threw them in the bin and I was like, you know what, I'm going to sort this out myself. Nobody knows my body better than I do. So I'm just going to do as much research as I can and try and heal myself. And yeah, I just got to the point where I was just tired of doctors not being able to help me and tell me why I was feeling like this or give me any like good lasting solutions that weren't medications. So yeah. That's crazy. And like going from someone that's such a high performing athlete and and that was, uh, you know, that was your career, that was your job to like you said, being so lethargic that you felt like you couldn't move and you yeah. weren't training like, like you're supposed to. That's uh, I can imagine how devastating that would have been for you at the yeah. time. And for such a, like energetic person as yeah. well to just feel like that, I felt so not like myself. Um, so yeah, it was definitely a, a really hard time. And what, what made it worse was just people not being able to tell me like how I could fix myself. Quick little break here, guys, just to make sure that if you've been enjoying the Potty Magic podcast, it really does go a long way if you just click that big five-star bloody rate button at the top of the episodes and uh, page there really does go a long way into making the podcast more attractive for more guests to come on and then also getting it up in the charts in Spotify and Apple Music and YouTube as well. Um, so click the five stars. I'd really, really appreciate it. Click subscribe if you haven't done as well. Uh, tell your mates uh, about how great the episodes are. Uh, let us know on all your social media media i'll be uh, i'll repost anything that you po- re- that, that you post on your stories about the podcast i'll make sure i repost uh but bloody love your work thank you so much again for uh, tuning in and yeah just make sure you click that big five bloody stars for us back to the episode with amanda here we go so upon doing some research into um you know that story that you just said uh it kind of really i went oh no wonder that you know you have all the messaging and and you have the brand and created the brand that you do now um tell us about what your regime was like once you were diagnosed with uh, chronic fatigue mm-hmm. uh, and some of the things that you started to do to get yourself out of that spot. Yeah, so obviously at the beginning I was I really didn't know a lot. All I knew was that I had to rest. Yeah. So obviously stepped away from athletics and because I was so involved, I really felt like I had to isolate myself completely. So I fully had cut off my training partners, my coaches, my support staff, everyone. So it wasn't just like the exercise factor of no, it. It was like, the social side and yeah. everything else. And and what was really hard as well, because I retired in 2011 mm. and I was kind of projected to be on the team for London in yep. 2012. And all that preparation, all the competitions and even like watching the Olympics, I couldn't do. Yeah. Like I couldn't even like step onto the athletics track, which was so weird for me because I'd been there every single day for so many years. Um, so that was kind of like the first step. I just like removed myself completely and just kind of devoted my time into like, I need to get better. Um, and then it was just a lot of reading, a lot of research, still seeing a lot of specialists, a lot of people. So, you know, like doctors, psychologists, acupuncture, physios, chiropractors, nutritionists, like everyone. I just tried to see everyone. And my philosophy was really, I'm not looking for like one cure. I'm just going to come at this from all angles and see what works. Like, yeah. So I think, you know, when people ask me now, what do you think, not cured you, you can't really cure chronic fatigue. It's always going to sit in your system. You just manage like your symptoms. Um, I kind of tell them it wasn't one thing. I can't really tell you one thing, but it's just experimenting with everything. And honestly, different things will work for different people. So I would say for me in particular was – the psychology side of things and like I went to go see an amazing psychologist and he helped me so much to just uncover a lot of like stress and anxiety I was holding on to mentally which I didn't know about which of course can affect your physical energy um I changed my nutrition as well so I'd done like a bit of reading on like vegetarian and especially how meat um takes a little bit more energy to digest so I was like okay well I'm trying to reserve energy so I'll just try a vegetarian and see how I go like if I feel like meat then I'll just eat meat and then yeah it's been like eight nine years later and I'm still vegetarian and I I feel really good mm-hmm. and um yeah it's another thing I tell people it's like that worked for me and um 
as soon as I switched, I kind of feel, felt like my energy improve and especially not having those slumps after eating and things like that. But obviously everyone's different. So I'm also not sitting here going, everyone should be vegetarian, but yeah. experiment. Like there's no harm in trying things um, that are different to what you're doing now because you never know what, what is going to work. And being an athlete, you're probably told so much, okay, this is how you train. This is when you're going to train. Yeah. This is what you're going to eat. This yeah. is when you're going to eat, all that sort of thing. So yeah. then I guess taking it into your own hands and yeah. like you said, trying some different things and finding out what worked for you, that was probably yeah. um, a very um, like liberating kind of, you know, part of your fitness journey really, definitely. health and journey. Yeah, um, definitely the nutritionists that I dealt with in the athletics world as well, a lot of them kind of preach the same thing, the same diet, we should all be eating the same, but we're obviously all individuals and everyone's going to process food differently and whatever. So yeah, I think it was really important for me to kind of find out myself what was going to work. Um, And then lastly, it kind of intertwined movement, but in finding a different purpose for it. So obviously I'd come from an athletics background. Movement was always performance-based. So it's like, it's always high intensity. It's always pushing your hardest. You're always going to be your best. Like like I mentioned, our training group was like really intense. And the we top had like level the, yeah. the top girls there. So every training session was a competition for us. So we were constantly aiming for PBs and it was always like stressful and you're always trying your hardest. There wasn't really sessions like yoga sessions yeah. where you would just chill out. Um, so yeah, finding yoga was a huge thing. And the reason I went to try yoga, because at the time, like I hadn't done any sort of movement for ages, um, no running, no walking, no gym, no nothing. Um, honestly, just waking up in the morning and trying to get through my day. That was it. Um, so I kind of got to the point where I was feeling better. Um, and I was like, I want to do something movement wise, but I don't know what to do. Like I'm so used to pushing myself so hard and I know I can't do that because it'll just step me backwards and I had heard a lot about yoga and I was like okay I'll give yoga a go went to my like local lululemon class great that's how it started it was free so I was just like I'm just gonna give it a whirl it was down the road from my house so I was like oh I'll just try it and the first time I hated it I did not like it Um, I thought it was really boring and I was just thinking about other stuff during the class and I got home and I was like well, okay, I don't know what to do now. And then, you know, the class came up again the next weekend and I was like, I'm just going to go. I've got nothing else to do. Like, I want to do something. And then every time I had gone, I'd found like a little bit of time in the class where I enjoyed it a bit more. And then, you know, weeks and weeks went by and I was like, this is actually really cool. And I'm like seeing a different purpose behind this movement. Um, It's more about like finding that connection with yourself and being in your body, being in your mind and like, allowing yourself just to move freely without any not purpose but like without any goals and stuff like that it's just the just being being in the moment and enjoying whatever you're doing yeah yeah, yeah. so I think that 100% helped me so much along with the other things that I was doing as well on yeah, the side most definitely and then when did you actually start taking yoga sessions and pilates sessions um yourself yeah um so it was a bit of a long journey um So healing myself took a long time. Uh, I think it was over five years. Um, What were you doing for work in between that? uh, I was working at a cafe, which was really hard. And I was like a runner. So I was running the food around. Not good for chronic fatigue. No, honestly, no. But (laughs) my boss at the time was so good and definitely understood if I needed to finish early and things like that. Um, Yeah, so that helped a lot. But uh, what was the question? (laughs) Uh, How did you first get into um, teaching Pilates yoga? Yeah, so during like my athletics career, I was also at uni and um, I was doing my bachelor in exercise and sports science and then ended up doing exercise rehabilitation. So um, yeah, qualified ex-phys as well. Um, And during that time, like I kind of had finished that degree as well and I was just trying to think about what I wanted to do as a career. So in the first few years after my chronic fatigue diagnosis, I think it was two years after, my coach actually asked me if I wanted to be an assistant coach. And I thought I'd give it a go. And I actually really, really loved it, loved it. Um, And just being able to go back to the track in a different way was nice. I kind of felt like I was home. Um, So it was nice to be able to share some of the things I had learnt during sport and start sharing it with, like, the next generation, which was really cool. Yeah. Yeah. 
And that kind of like really inspired me to do a bit more with like PT and training people. Um, Because obviously when you're an athlete, your whole life is just like training and then you find a job that works around training. So hence the cafe. Yeah. Um, So I didn't really think what I wanted to do as a career. Um, And yeah, I, I really recognized that I was like, I love teaching people. I love teaching people about movement. I'm going to delve a little bit more into this. Um, and I think it was like 2013 I found Instagram. Yep, great. That was <laughs> going to be yeah, the next little yeah. bits that I want to know um, all about the early days. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and that, yeah, the early days of Insta as well. It yeah, was a completely yeah. different space back then. But um, I, I did it just because all my friends were on it. Yeah. So I was like, yep, I'll join in and have some fun and whatever. Um, and just started sharing stuff that I was learning. So all the yoga stuff, um, yeah, I'd just share photos and I don't even think they had videos at that time. Just mm-hmm. photos. Just photos. Yeah, photos with a filter. Yeah, great. <laughs> yeah, what was school. your filter that you used? Oh, wait, what was it called? It was the hell, like, moody one. Yeah, like, Beck be- be knows all the filters. Yeah, she can look at a photo her. and go, yeah, it's yeah. this one. Yeah. <laughs> I definitely had my favourite and used it, like, all the time. Oh, yeah. So good. Uh, and then um, was there a particular post when you were first starting off Instagram that went really nuts or was it just that you were posting, like you said, you were just posting stuff up for your mates and then it just kind of snowballed into, yeah. um, you know, growing a, a unbelievable following? <laughs> Yeah, it was it was definitely like a slow burn. Um, at the beginning, I just started sharing mainly like yoga stuff. Um, and lots of people would ask me questions and I'd kind of like share my experience and just kind of notice that some of the things that I was saying was inspiring people to either try something or um, they kind of just enjoyed like being in that space and sharing, you know, Instagram and what we were learning together. Um, and then, yeah, from that point, I think the consistency because I was posting like so consistently and like I was pretty passionate about yoga and health and wellness and all of that. Um, I ended up getting, you know, other friends that were also influencers on Instagram um, and we'd start following each other. And this is this is probably like the one and only time I noticed like a change in our followings was um, Ash Freeman. She was like a super popular fitness blogger at the time. And um, she had been following me for a while and I'd be following her for a while and we'd like chatted a little bit. Um, And yeah, she'd reposted one of my posts. And then the next morning I realised like all these people had like messaged me and like commented and I was like, oh my God, what the hell? And then yeah, ended up talking to Ash more and it's a funny story. We um, The OG collab. Yeah, Yeah, the OG collab. It was so weird. (laughs) I was just like, oh my God, I don't even know this person, but I feel like I do know them because I'm talking to her all the time. And then I was like, oh, I'm actually like coming to Sydney, which is where she lived. And she was like, oh, come and stay with me. So just ended up staying with her. Amazing. And like didn't know each other before that, whatever. So yeah, it was nice to like have this instant friend um, and someone who was kind of like in the same space as myself as totally. well. Yeah. Um, but yeah, after that point. When did you kind of know that you're like, all right, cool, I'm onto something here with the, mm. with the page? Um, probably when around that time when I had been speaking to Ash, cause she was like a professional, I think bodybuilder or something, not bodybuilder, but like fitness physique. model. Yeah, yeah, fitness yeah, yeah. Model, yeah. Um, and she was making a career out of it for herself. Um, and yeah, during that time I had so many people asking me like yoga questions, training questions, blah, blah, blah. And I was just like, I'm going to put together like a training program. And that's kind of where my partner Adam and I put together our first uh, ebook. Yeah. <laughs> which feels so retro now. Yeah, totally. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So that would have been 2014. I think mm-hmm. we would have released that. What the fuck I would do to be in there, to be right when it all went nuts I in know. 2014 with all the shit that I do. <laughs> Fuck's sake, I missed it. <laughs> hey, it would have been like 50 million by now. <laughs> yeah. uh, and, and how did the, uh, how was the response to that first online product? It was actually so good. If anyone knew how it was actually built, is we I built it in like Microsoft Word. It was crazy. And it was there was so much like data and photos in these documents. I'd literally click like a right button to move the cursor and it'd take like 10 seconds for the cursor to move. <laughs> <laughs> so we definitely didn't build it like in a legit program yeah, or anything, yeah, yeah, but yeah. it got done. Yeah. And um yeah, everyone everyone loved it and uh, we started like building this community. Um, fresh body fit mind community yeah and um which is huge now yeah like it's crazy where it is now now we obviously we have an app and a whole community where we do monthly challenges and 
I, I guess there's so much more connection now. Instagram's progressed a lot. So we've got video content that you can share and you can direct message people as well. So it's just like such a nice way to build a community of like-minded people to come together and just have fun. Yeah, and you touched on it before about uh, being really consistent. One of the things that people always ask me is, oh, you know, I'm starting it if it's a fitness brand or whatever whatever it might be. Um, how do I, you know, what do I post? What do I do? What's your tips? And for me, I'd always say, you know, you just got to be consistent with it. And it's a really unsexy answer, but it's kind of true. Yeah, it's kind of like everything, right? Yeah. Everyone's like, how do I shed 10 kilos? And yeah, it's like yeah. consistency. Have you got any, any other tips for people out there that might be wondering that exact question? Um, I mean, the thing with social media, I think you can get into a trap of not being yourself and just doing things because they work. Yep. Um, I think everyone's trying to look at the next viral thing, right? But there's only so much life in that. I feel like you really need to find what you're passionate in and what you really love and then you will build the following that loves that. And then you don't have to sit there and like, not be fake, but come up with random stuff that you're not really into um, because you've got a following that likes what you you like and likes the information that you're giving them. So I think my biggest thing is try not to get into the traps of like viral stuff. Because if you all. try to do that, it makes you go insane. How yeah. I kind of like think about it and I'm, sorry, <clears throat> and how I tell people, it's a little bit like playing the slot machine. So it's like you put a post up and you put a dollar, you know, you put a coin in the machine and you pull it and who knows what it's going to come yeah. up. Maybe one of them will go really, really good. Yeah. Um, but it's just really, you've got to keep playing for That's that to it. happen yeah. and just be consistent and yeah. consistently putting stuff in. So, And what I've noticed as well is that sometimes you work so hard oh. on one post and you're and like, this flops. is going to be amazing. Yeah, yeah and then oh. you're like... 50 people like oh it's fine it is the worst and you go that is the fucking best thing i've ever done and it and it's done nothing in the opposite as well then you like take two seconds to put up another post and you'll go crazy and you're like i don't get it it's (laughs) it is the actual worst hey yeah if only we knew exactly how it works (laughs) instagram tell us slot slot machine it's just slot machine just keep pulling the lever exactly um and um with um fresh uh fresh mind Fit, sorry. Fresh body, fit Fresh mind. body, fit everyone, mind. Everyone stops it up. Sorry. Um, how, how is the community going? How many, yeah. how many strong are you now? Yeah, so good. Um, so we're actually running a challenge at the moment. So four times in the year we'll run a 30-day challenge. It's February, so it's a 28-day challenge. Um, but the challenge is to do a class with me every single day of the month, and it's a mixture between workouts, yoga, and Pilates. Um, when so I see your videos doing so many stuff, I go, "How the fuck do you? How the fuck do you? My body just not moving." I'm sure you've got consistency. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure you've got beginner ones and then more advanced ones. I'm sure. Yeah. So I'll probably be on the beginner uh, side yeah. of things. No, we actually have a really huge impressive. bunch of like beginner stuff. Yeah. Because um, surprisingly, I think quite a big majority of my following are beginners and they just want to get into it, which I love. Like I love teaching beginners and I love introducing people to new ways of movement um and if you are part of the app or ever seen the app you'll see like there's a whole bunch of variety on there um a huge believer of not just sticking to one thing and mixing it up um unless you love doing the one thing then of course do it all the time um but yeah so when you jump on there there's just so much variety and i love like just releasing new and interesting stuff um for everyone who's on there so yeah a lot of the people um, have come back with great feedback, which has been so nice. Um, but definitely the challenges that we run are the best and we notice the best engagement and um, kind of connection between our community because everyone's doing the same class on the same day and they do get to experience like all that variety as well. So I like that, how you do that, where everybody's on the same um, uh, stage of the program and you sort of work through it together. Because yep. like, like you said, it's when you have that community environment and everyone's going through the same thing at the same time, it makes you, it just gives a bit more stickiness for everyone to 100%. hang around because you you know you got all these other people that are in it with you. Yeah, you're like, oh, my glutes are so sore from yesterday, and everyone's like, yeah, I know that workout was a killer. And yeah, it's yeah. Nice to have that kind of connection. Yeah, yeah. that's awesome. And uh, what's next for uh, for you in terms of uh, the business, uh, social media stuff? What yeah. else you got in the pipeworks? What are um, you doing? So yeah, I guess like now that we're traveling again. Being yeah. able to travel, so we do um, active escapes oh, retreats. So jealous so you do good. these! Oh They're my so god, fun. yeah, so yeah. fun! You have to come one time. Yeah, I definitely will. Yeah. But um, yeah, so I've got my next one in April, and then we where, where are you off to Bali, Ooh, nice. yeah, which will be so good. And then we've got a mega escape, like our festival escape, which is in September, Sick. and that's like 150 people all at wow. once. So it's massive, really good time. 
Um, so I'm excited to get into those. And just recently I came back from Glowfest, which was a wellness festival in Singapore. Um, and that, I just going to that event, um, I taught six classes in three days and absolutely loved it. Absolutely loved it. And I kind of know that it's a huge passion of mine to do events like that. So yeah. I'm hoping to incorporate a bit more of that. Well, you had your one this summer at Ice Cream Factory here in Perth as well that you did a a yoga and Pilates class. It looked pretty cool. Yeah, so we're planning to do one next season when Ice Cream's back. So all the Perth peeps, come and join us. most definitely. And I think what I uh, uh, love when we're doing uh, at Vitruvian and watching you do your classes – how professional we are with you, but also like you like you touched on before about just being authentically you in terms of how you uh, how you teach um, the exercises that you do. It's all very much things that you're doing, um, which is why I think you know your classes are so great. They go Thanks. off, and, and and obviously why you have such a you know successful business and uh, amazing following. But uh, thank you very much for uh, joining us on uh, Body Magic. It's been uh, really great to um, yeah hear all uh, hear all your story, and it's um, you know real inspiration for you know people that. Maybe you've been dealt a little bit of a you know shit hand when uh, they thought they were going to go one way, but then you know there's always things that uh, yeah. come from it. That's the biggest thing: is never think that just because Plan A didn't go off, things aren't going to happen for you. Keep going, Plan B, C, D, E, F, however many. And keep on going, yeah. Well, thank you so much for joining us, thank and uh, yeah, I'll see you for trivia <laughs> yeah, next. See you soon. <laughs> And that is another episode of Potty Magic all wrapped up. Thank you so much to Amanda for uh, being so generous with your time, coming on down and sharing your fantastic story. Uh, I really, really love that chat, so thank you so much. Uh, thank you, everybody, that's been listening, uh, tuning into all the episodes. Just, again, a reminder to uh, subscribe, like, and also rate the, ep- the episode and podcast. The big five stars, of course. And last thing, if you've been thinking about signing up to my 12-week challenge that starts on March 20th, today is the day, or this week is the week, uh, with the early bird offer that you get your first week for free. Um, it's only going to cost you $25 per week for the 12 weeks over the challenge. It includes workout programs, uh, full customized meal plans, heaps of different recipes, a personal check-in with me or another Body Magic coach each week, um, and way, way more as well. So I would love to have you on board. Let's get fucking hitting the gym. Let's get your stuff all bloody sorted this March. Let's get feeling big. Let's get juicy. Let's get shredded. Let's get feeling bloody sexy. Let's do all the good things. Uh, but if you're interested, head to www.bodymagic.fit. Sign up there. Love your work, guys, and I will see you next episode you hey it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad high quality fashion without the price tag say hello to Quince I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters sleek leather jackets fine jewelry and so much more with Quince being 50 to 80 percent less than similar brands and they partner with factories that prioritize safe ethical and responsible manufacturing I love that Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.